1: Operation Warp Speed, the federal government program designed to catalyze the development and distribution of a remedy to the virus, is matched only by OKR, or Operation Kill Tom, designed by the Steelers to accelerate my ultimate demise. However, through repeated exposure to the heart-stopping in at play, I have been inoculated from perturbation. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All Americans Network. It is December twenty eighth, twenty twenty. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington D.C. Outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost, and we're going to talk about the Steelers twenty eight to twenty four comeback victory over the Colts. And let me just—I know that uh, that opening ramble might be inaccessible to some. My point was, I was relatively calm through the losing part of the game and through the comeback and the ultimate victory.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, checking in with you guys here from the Houston Outpost with, I must admit to you, the worst hangover of my adult life. Uh, This is not top five. This is number one. I haven't felt a pain like this in forever, and it's all due to the insane jubilation I was feeling after that game, which I think led me to lose track of how many... uh, um, we were pouring, the boys were pouring and, uh, yeah, so I get my one per year, one per, 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 two year, uh, hangover and I wouldn't have it any other way because like you, I was calm during the game because my expectations were so incredibly low and the game started in an eerie as an eerie carbon copy of the last four weeks. I mean, Three and—Steelers, all right, here we go. We're going to try and open up the offense a little bit more. Tried it against the Bengals. Ben wasn't completing it, but hey, the passes were there to be made. The Colts have one of the worst secondaries in the league, averaging 340 passing yards per game over the last few contests. Let's open this thing up. What do they do? Slant right. Drops it. Bad throw. Slant left. Drops it. Bad throw. Slant right. Drops it. Bad throw. Punt. The weekly three and out— what do you think? They're, they're probably like, out of the last 60 opening drives, I'd probably say about f- 54 are, are three and outs. And not only does that happen, but the Colts easily march down the field immediately and score, and, and, and then the Steelers, you know, it's just a lot more of the same. Defense makes a big play, gives the offense the ball on the three-yard line, you get kind of a cheap touchdown that way. And it just, the game started identical to all the rest of the games in this crappy losing streak. So I, like you, was calm the whole time until... I think it might have been that deep post Ben completed to Claypool, and oh man, I started to believe. And I said on Twitter, "Like I wish they hadn't done this to me. I wish they hadn't brought me back, but uh, I'm glad they did."
1: Just to illustrate the futility of the first half, we had seven drives, and five of those were three and outs.
0: Woo! Steelers really moving the ball all over the place. So the story of this game is one of the is basically you can encapsulate it with one of the most popular gifs on twitter which is the the gif of the undertaker coming out of the coffin and coming back to life because ben came back to life in a surreal fashion launching touchdowns 40 yards down the field in between three guys on a dime with the velocity it just i just couldn't bear to see my man go out the way he went with Cincinnati, And the first half was looking like a lot more of the same. So I don't know what happened. My only thing that I can say is that, you know, Ben ended up dominating. I don't know what his stats were. What was it like? Pretty high completion percentage, 340 yards or something along those lines, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Could have had another touchdown with that drop to Claypool. I don't remember if they ended up scoring on that. I don't know. They went four and out. So he could have had four touchdowns. He was phenomenal, and the, the thing that was interesting was the way he was phenomenal is just classic Ben. It just looked normal. He's dropping back in the pocket. I think he just decided, hey, I don't wanna go out like this either, so screw it. I'm gonna try and throw it down. Oh, huh. well, that works pretty well. well. Let me try it again. I'm pretty good at this. This is kind of amazing. Oh, I don't need six seconds to throw every pass. I don't have to be scared and looking over my shoulder at the pass rush. Nope, it's fine. It's not like the offensive line was impenetrable like we saw those killer B years, but they were holding guys off long enough for him to throw the ball downfield, and like we've predicted, those things were open. Once he started throwing the ball downfield, doing those patented Ben Roethlisberger pump fakes, you watched the defense adjust in real time. They backed Two safeties up, they no longer crowded everyone on the box, the corners backed up, they couldn't jump every route, and then after a couple of those big completions, the Steelers were able to go back to their dink and dunk offense, which is fine, that can still be you know, the meat and potatoes of your offense, because they don't have a running game, but you have to open it up downfield, and we've been seeing it for 14 weeks, and it's a little annoying how well it worked <laughs> once they actually finally tried it.
1: Well, don't you remember our Christmas episode when we talked about perhaps the intentionality of the futility over the last four games where maybe the Steelers didn't want to show their hand, but they, <laughs> they did want to win and lock up the division title?
0: Yeah, they saw KC screaming towards that number one seed, and they knew, well, no one else gets to buy. so you know what's better? The element of surprise.
1: The question for me is, was Ben unleashed by the system, or did he start feeling his oats, did he start getting into a rhythm and just said, hell with it, I'm going to just start throwing downfield.
0: Well, they did say like, that, that once again, he started calling the plays in that fourth quarter.
1: He He's done that in previous in the previous three games. That's happened before. In the previous Where he time? went sort of, no, we were going no huddle.
0: Yeah, it, it has happened before, and it hasn't happened to the level of success uh, that he had this time, so that's a good point. I do think that it is a mix of that, because we, we know... Over the course of Ben's career, the no-huddle thing has been a game-changer for him. Like He can be having a crap game, and he'll go that no-huddle offense, usually for the two-minute drill to end the first half. And many times we've seen him knock the Saran wrap off at that point. So partially I think it was just, hey, this is an old move he's used – you're right, it hasn't always worked this year, but it has worked a few times, you know, that first victory against the Ravens in the middle of the season. They had a lot of success with it. And then maybe it coincided with that hyperextended knee. It seems like he hyperextended his knee four weeks ago. That's kind of like maybe not a major injury, but then it exacerbated the arthritis in both knees. I guess that's the what everyone's thinking. But I think, so that might have, you know, affected him as well. But... I kind of agree with what I think you're insinuating, which which was like it was sort of just mental. Like he 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 made the throws downfield. I mean, and he was stepping into them on that beautiful touchdown to Juju where he pump fakes and then zipped it in there 40 yards down the field. Look at the replay. His foot is pointing towards Juju the way it should be He followed through. It looked like Ben throwing the ball rather than the past few weeks of him falling off the table a little bit. Legs all over the place. And I think it was just a confidence thing. And once he hit that first bomb touchdown to Deontay, it just it unleashed it. And he just played the exact same game we've seen him play for 17 years. It's like, yeah, just get back into it, man. Don't be – I, I just feel like it's a fear of getting hit kind of – or a discomfort thing.
1: Maybe. He did get hit this game. Um, and then saw it the wasn't so bad, to- right?
0: He's, yeah, he's, yeah, talked about, he's talked about that as well. He's always is looking forward to the first hit of the season because then it just sort of jars and reminds him like, okay, cool. You'll be okay. I think that there is something to that.
1: The pass of Deontay was, should be taught. I mean, I know you can't tell it was perfect. I mean, he couldn't have put it out there any further and Deontay still grab it. And Deontay, don't you feel like that wasn't actually in doubt. I'm more worried about those little darts across the middle for Deontay where (laughs) he's just like, I can't miss this one. The other one was, like, almost can't lose. I mean, that that pass was perfect, obviously very catchable, but it did take some effort to catch it, to stretch it out there.
0: That's a good point. You do get more scared with the slants, but what's nice about that catch is Deontay should be a number one receiver, right? We've been saying it. He's the one guy who can do everything. I mean, yeah, when Chase Claypool ascends next year or so, maybe he'll be the number one, or maybe you just have two guys worthy of that title, right? But the type of player Deontay is with his route running, with how incredibly explosive he is with the ball in his hand. Uh, with his catching, it, I mean when he's not dropping it, he does have good hands. He's made a lot of nice catches over the year. What about that bobbling catch to the one-yard line he had, you know, a number of weeks back? I mean, he's made nice catches. Um... But he hasn't made enough big boy catches downfield like that, like Antonio Brown type stuff. Even Martavis Bryant would make some of those. You have to make the contested catches down the field. Chase Claypool still needs to work on that because once he gets that going, he could be an absolute superstar. But it was nice seeing Deontay make a number one wide receiver type of catch like that in the end zone. And his bounce back's been huge, right? Great two weeks that he's put together.
1: Yeah, since we're on the receivers, let's just also mention James Washington's disappearing act. He had three tar- two catches on three targets for twenty yards.
0: I mean, are you going to take Claypool off? I mean, there's only other the only way to get him on the field is take Claypool off the field or Deontay off the field. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's almost a curse of having too many weapons. So it's tough. But I I just I you can't take Claypool off the field. And he, you know what? The turning point was that Claypool because it wasn't just that post pattern he caught. He caught, like, two hook routes and that post pattern, and it really just showed, like, this guy's just a different quality of athlete. When they got the ball to him down the field, it, it just showed, hey, this Steelers offense can be explosive. They got people who can do it, so it was nice seeing him do that. But it was, to me, we're talking about the calm before the game, and my, uh, <clears throat> perhaps over exuberance after the game. It, it was also because I kind of, whenever I watch the Steelers, I think that I view the games through the context of like, is this buildable towards a Super Bowl? Like not are they going to win the Super Bowl this week or whatever, but earlier in the season we were saying this defense is incredible, you know, before, especially before Bud got hurt. The offense is not as good as the numbers are, but they have plenty of time to improve. And we've seen them improve over the years. Granted, they did the exact opposite, unfortunately. But I'm always looking at, like, where is the team heading? This game, I didn't care at all. I didn't think about playoffs, Super Bowl. I just thought of Ben Roethlisberger saving some face and some pride by playing well. And the the 2020 Steelers, who were once 11-0, and saving some pride and actually looked like they could play in a damn NFL game. So it was fun watching just a vintage Ben come back through the air this team got the monkey off their back and won the division in the process, and the Browns lose.
1: So, and the Browns. So, if you wrap up the the theme, especially the uh, well, the overall theme was that Ben was back. The receivers caught the ball. We still see a anemic would be overstating with with optimism the running game. Yes. Another twenty yard performance total
0: 20 and it was all in that one james Conner carry probably um here's what i think just as every week passes i'm just realizing this draft is going to be aimed at getting a running game (laughs) whether it's linemen or running backs or whatever it may be i mean it just seems that they do not have the bodies to 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 run the ball the only way they can have success success is if they open i mean the whole team relies on the Arm of a 38 year old man, right? I mean, he's got to be able to hit some downfield, and that will open up some running lanes so you can run out of shotgun. But this team cannot run under center, which is unfortunate because that takes away so many opportunities, you know, from you. But they can't just line up and run on a team if a team knows they're running. The the linemen don't have that type of power. The scheme is so damn predictable. Why are they not pulling more? Like that's Marquise and DeCastro's whole career is pulling. And we're just running right at teams. So the, we know the strategy sucks, but, yeah, you're right. The running game is I just, like, the only thing that could salvage it is they h- hitting a couple of those screens and those shotgun kind of draws if you've had some success downfield.
1: So the other theme we came up with is the energy contagion. The defense was, you know, yeah. obviously came up with some plays in the first half, but yielded a ton in the first half. Yeah. And- there was a spark to the to the defense based on what the offense did in the second
0: half we talked about it a couple of days ago didn't we like the momentum you wouldn't think it would be real you'd think that professional athletes are just constantly motivated but of course it's real I mean that's why you see you know in a golden state 'll go on a 17 zero run in a bas- in a professional basketball game against other professionals you know momentum is real as Ray Lewis said right so the level of energy they got when they hit that pass to Deontay. Actually, you know what it really was? The Steelers get stopped on the one yard line in an embarrassing, predictable fashion. Four attempts in a row, they get stopped. Defense holds them to three and out, and that was a big moment because I guess Ray Ray had a good return on that punt and then one play drive to Deontay, and such an explosive play and and sy- symbolically so big for Ben because it's such a big throw. It's a classic, like, that's the Ben we know. Also for Deontay, who's had some struggles. I think there was just some symbolic... Uh, karma that, that went on there, and it juiced them up. I think they took the ball away on the very next possession, right? And they just shut it down. I mean, that pass interference they called on Steven Nelson when he ended the game with a pick on Rivers, yeah, it could be a little ticky-tacky, but the Steelers were the beneficiaries of some ticky-tacky pass interference calls as well. And uh, But, yeah, they just it, – it really goes to show you. The, the defense can feed off the offense, and this defense is still really good even if they're missing some big pieces. Oh, and, and, yeah, and, and Mike Hilton, is he the MVP? Is it TJ or is it Hilton? Do whatever you have to do. Sell the stadium if you have to. Just keep Mike Hilton. He's incredible.
1: Just playing the lot.
0: Yeah. NFL Street. He is
1: incredible. He's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, Player of the it, game, It's probably. tough to put him in front.
0: Him or Ben, you know? Him, Ben, and TJ really just made some huge plays when it counted. Of course, Hayward always in there.
1: Yeah, so two sacks in the first half, three in the second. Jeez. When we had been talking about, or at least the scuttlebutt was that Rivers just knows how to handle a blitz. We yeah. didn't blitz a whole lot. I don't know what the percentage was, but obviously he didn't handle it as well as uh, expected going into the game.
0: No, I was I was legitimately surprised because a couple of years ago, the Steelers played uh, played him in, when they were in San Diego a few times with some really bad lines, and he was just able to get the ball off. And Granted, this team has something extra special about it, but... Yeah, that was encouraging.
1: So out of their six possessions, the Colts were three and out on three of them. They had yeah. um, and three points for the second half. So definitely a fire was lit under the defense.
0: And two turnovers, one turnover on down and an interception. That deep. Hey, can we
1: talk about the end of the – we're going to move into coaching right now. Please. Can we talk about the end of the f- first half and what was going on there without uh, calling it to – a timeout when
0: right. it was about
1: a, what a minute 40 or so with the Colts on third down and the Steelers did not call the timeout. Yes. Not that not that I think a minute 40 or it was was going to be sufficient to move the ball 50 yards, but you got to give yourself a chance.
0: It used to be, It used to be plenty of time, but yeah, you're right, you do have to give yourself a chance. It's so funny how often they play scared for a team that has that motto of like don't blink, right? And, you know, Tomlin mismanages a clock, drink. Ugh, that, that made me nauseous just thinking about that. Well, if you don't want to play Mike Tomlin drinking games, maybe you can play some gambling games at Bet Online. Football is almost at the end. The Steelmen have regained some pride and possibly some playoff momentum. So now would be the time to get in on all the action imaginable this season. And lucky for you, BetOnline has got it. they got game spreads, totals, team player, and coaching props. They give you more options to wager than any other place online. So head to BetOnline today. Use that promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's the code ARMCHAIR. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
1: So that was one play I was talking about Tomlin, but let's really circle the problem here, and that's Randy Feetner. As you pointed out, we opened up the game with the usual script – Ben was inaccurate. The receivers weren't making catches that NFL receivers should be making out of the gate. But was that a setup because of the <laughs> script?
0: No, it's not a setup. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm considering removing Feetner from our podcast and starting to put it on Tomlin because I'm like, th- everybody in the world knows what this issue is. Why are you letting this continue? Like, this man's a moron. He's not going to... I'm sorry, that's mean, Randy. This man can't call plays. He's funny. He said that thing about the receivers bouncing around like a fart in a skillet. That that was endearing, you know? Also alarming. Uh, they... It's, yeah, it's just flabbergasting, especially after how encouraging his opening series series Were last week against the Bengals with the play action and the mid-range shots. And they all... They just deleted them all we didn't play action at all i don't probably not a single damn time the whole game and it reminds me of how they abandoned matt canada's offense after like one game of it not working well guess it didn't work we'll never do it again let's go back to the thing that definitely doesn't work but i have trouble remembering the name of the plays and i do remember uh five wide slant so just run that yeah it is insane and i want to say this Second half, really the fourth quarter, could be the jolt that the Steelers need to try and throw the ball downfield more. Now, will they be able to do it that successfully on every team? No, but they you know they should be able to do it pretty damn well. But I also have seen Randy Feetner just completely abandon concepts if they don't work one time for him. So I have no idea what we'll see next week, but I hope that it involves a deep or intermediate pass within the first three damn plays. Because here's my other thing. Like, I require at this point an intermediate or deep pass within the first three plays. Because the Steelers' first three plays are always so scripted, they go go three and out every week. That's the time when especially the other teams are calling out their plays, and they know, like, you're just going to throw a slant. You have to at least back them up. I don't even care if it's incomplete. Just try it. Like they did against Cincinnati. He did a great job. Precisely. Precisely. But
1: let's um, stop here because I lost the transition. I thought we could sort of go through a few uh, positions because, I mean, I wanna, I still want to talk, talk a little bit about Steven Nelson sort of losing his feet several times, like getting mm. tangled up on his own feet and, yep. and getting dropped. Can we go through generally through position?
0: Yeah, so do you want to – how do you want to start it? We kind of talked about Ben already, so we can just kind of go past. We can that. quickly.
1: I think we we're, we're, we already covered receivers, backs, and
0: yeah, we uh, kind of ben. covered the whole offense.
1: Uh, yeah, and that I guess the running game was encapsulated with uh, maybe you can say like you know so we were talking line. about
0: Mike Hilton and what a big game he had. Like, let's talk about some of the other corners and
1: okay. <clears throat> so we were talking about Mike Hilton. Let's talk about some of the other defenders because in particular I wanted to mention Stephen Nelson. Mm. I mean we saw him bonafide fall down, tangled up in his own feet on at least two
0: plays. It happens a lot. So his
1: yeah, his star is not uh, moving north.
0: No, I mean he fell down on that touchdown to to Diggs a couple weeks ago against the Bills. I mean whew, Hayden getting burned on a deep one, just not being able to keep Once a up game, in general. Yep, once again. Okay,
1: with a 50-year-old, I'm okay with a 50-year-old cornerback getting burned once again.
0: Yeah, I can't even. I, it hurts to talk <laughs> Sort of count on that. It hurts to talk bad about Joe Hayden. He's he's so awesome. I love Joe Hayden. But it is really crazy how the stock of Sutton and Hilton is it, they clearly are. I've been saying it for a while. Like they're the best two corners on the team. And the other two guys are the ones who are paid. So I do not know how the Steelers are going to figure that out, but you got to keep at least one of these dudes because I Mike Hilton's going to be ex expensive his stock is soaring with this incredible end of the season that already started really well but yeah nelson uh, although he had a beautiful that that pick to end the game was a nice play by him even though they got called for the penalty on it okay you know what's also funny i noted minka if there's ever a last second throw minka's always the one right next to it isn't he the ones in the end zone versus the ravens and the Cowboys or whoever it was, and, and, and sure enough, this time, maybe if Phillip Rivers took a little bit off of that final throw, the guy could have caught it, but I s- sort of have a feeling Minka would have knocked that bad boy out of his hands because he was in decent position.
1: It feels like the NFL has deigned him the golden boy, and they probably yeah. has, like require the visitors yeah. <laughs> to, like, all right, look, let Minka know where you're going on the last play. We've just circled him.
0: Listen, it's good television. Good television is good for ratings. Ratings are good for your guys' salaries. Let's, let's get this thing going. Yeah, it's, it is unfortunate because he just, you know, he doesn't get to roam around and do that much because they have to keep him back, you know. So you kind of rarely see Minka over the course of the game, but he's, you know, he's doing work back there. It just would be nice if maybe next year they can find some ways to get him moving around a little bit more.
1: So it was disappointing that we gave up 127 rushing yards to the Colts, and there were many times where – we were, like, pushing guys forward.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just think
1: we're gang tackling, and, you know, what, what do you say about that? They're they were they were trying to bring a guy down. But some individual performance, especially on the defense line between Cam and Tuit. Yeah. Uh, both guys with critical sacks at important times of the game.
0: Yeah, and T.J. Watt. You know what T.J. Watt's biggest play might have been? Was Maybe it was the sack. Maybe it was the fumble, the fourth fumble. It was the play where he caught Naheem Hines who is probably the fastest player on the field at that time, caught him by the... All right, let me, let me see how I... By the football. Caught him by the balls. No, no, no. It was by the football. And slowed him down just enough in the hole for the other guys to come in and make the tackle. But he was gone. I mean, he would have been gone if TJ wasn't able to just grab a piece of him that way. So, huge plays and huge moments. Nothing new for TJ Watt. Oh, by the way, the play right after that was the Mike Hilton interception. So, massive. I uh,
1: appreciate Mike Hilton as much as you do. Let me just tell you that TJ's numbers were two sacks, one quarterback hit, one tackle for loss, and a forced fumble. So, sort of hard to argue that. Although oh, Mike no, Hilton yeah. had interception, fumble recovery, and a pass defended. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, it's not I'm, like I'm, a competition. I'm,
0: half, I'm joking, you know, because TJ Watt is the damn defensive MVP of the NFL, and I really hope that they don't. They don't go in a different that direction. I hope they don't screw that up because this game was huge for him. You know, he's kind of neck and neck with Donald. Donald apparently had a little bit of an edge. But to have such a massive game uh, statistically and just even from the eye test and then in the moment it happened where the Steelers needed this turnaround, that always fuels defensive MVP or MVP performances. Is like just some memorable game. You know, the the, the rules are those awards are kind of crap as they are, but it does require some team success, and I was worried, man, if they lose all the rest of these games, then he could be he could be out of the running, but he definitely deserves it. He's incredible. if you look at the stat he's he's breaking records left and right. I think he's the first Steelers linebacker with 14 plus sacks in like three season in, you know more than two seasons, and
1: right, and he's approaching 50 sacks. Hey, so the other side of the line, Highsmith,
0: Smith, what's oh, your analysis? Man. that is very encouraging. He is good. I mean, he has some problems every game, you know, where he can get swallowed up or particularly he gets really aggressive on crashing down on the running back. That's how Cincinnati got him. They even said that kind of specifically. Uh, Taylor said it, the coach. They they caught Highsmith crashing down and that's when they did. The quarterback pulled the ball out and just ran right into that vacated ocean of a hole there. Uh, he got hit on another one of those today. With, they did a pitch out play where they got him, and it, it was a big gain. But otherwise, he I'm just so impressed with his arsenal of pass rush moves. He hit the spin move a couple times. One of the times he, I think that was on that Hilton interception maybe, like he spun in there and then kind of hit Rivers at the last second right after he threw the ball. And uh, he gets through with a variety of moves. He also has that little chop move, the like the two-handed chop such a variety and that's what we said about TJ when he was younger so that's very encouraging it is funny when you watch highsmith cuz he's such an athletic looking guy but you're used to seeing bud out there who is just the pinnacle of human fitness so it makes highsmith seem a little small but he's he's done a great job and that's encouraging for the future there and uh,
1: highsmith looks like a basketball player out there to me compared to bud yeah
0: everyone does and maybe hey. they're lucky that he hopefully won't hit Too bad of a rookie wall since he didn't, you know, start until just recently.
1: Let's back up a little bit and talk about linebackers. Williamson had 14 tackles, a sack, a quarterback hitting two tackles for losses.
0: Yeah, he's reminded me a little bit of the Dirty Red days where it's like, oh, there's a lot of tackles, but a lot of them happen seven yards past the line of scrimmage. But I felt good for him getting that sack. That was a big play. And Vince Williams, is he on your top ten stealer? I feel like he's a top stealer for you. Vince Williams is a Tom Serena kind of guy. I mean, he's an all-time stealer. You know who he reminds me of? I'm going to compare him to, like, Ike Taylor. Mm -hmm. Personality, leader, badass, super tough, super durable, not one of the main stars on the defense, but a critical element of it, even though Ike at the end actually was a star. But, um, yeah, he had COVID, just getting over COVID, played every single snap in the game, and it was on oxygen on the sideline I mean he tweeted while he had covid that it felt like he smoked a pack of Newports a pack of black and milds and like ate a I don't know a piece of aluminum foil or something He he got it bad he really couldn't breathe so he's still recovering from that and the man is just in there just kicking butt and uh thank God we have him that is so huge that he's returned
1: no I love him and I think he's uh he's his Talent is above Arthur Motes but I put him in that same category. If I, <laughs> if I saw guy. them on the streets, I'd ask him if I could hug them, and I'm not
0: no hugger. <laughs> yeah, that's your main guy. That's so Christmas is... and Arthur Motes and of course we love <laughs> Cry.
1: So Christmas is past, but that doesn't mean you can't help out one of those the favorite man in your life that's because right. not everybody did procure the manscaped the 3.0. lawnmower
0: three lawnmower <laughs> three point oh. Listen. Manscaped is the future. I just gave Manscaped. We gave you a commercial off the air when I was talking to our cousin P. Butch about it. I mean, he's heard the podcast, he's heard the commercials, but it's different when you actually get there in person. I told the man, look, you know, we've all had injuries, right? Well, that's a thing of the past because Manscaped has the best scientists in the world. Working on technology to make sure that their precision tools for your family jewels cannot nick, scratch, or damage any of the goods. They got bombs, they got rubs, they got all kinds of stuff. They got, most importantly, that Lawn Mower 3.0. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And I will thank Ben Roethlisberger for what a beautiful performance he's put on. And I'll thank him if he can keep on doing it so I can keep on betting on the Steel Men at Bet Online because we have not swayed. We stick with the Steel Men and they have paid off for us, and it's a thing of beauty. Bet Online has more game spreads, totals, team player, coaching props than anyone else has in the business. More options to wager than any other place. Come on now, head over to Bet Online. Use that promo code armchair and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, Ching, your online sports book experts.
1: Yeah, we, without question, just bet the Steelers, and they were a pick this week. And I had written them off early, obviously in the game, that we paid off now. that came through. Can't retire because I'm not betting the house on it, but we do bet on the Steelers each week. Hey, let's wrap up and talk a little bit about the special teams. We haven't talked about them in a few weeks.
0: You, you, You want to talk about the Wisp? Matthew the Wisp, right? Hey, there's something funny. So we were nervous that, you know, when the Steelers were making their comeback, like, damn, you got Matt Wright out there. He doesn't have much of a leg. You're going to really have to get close to getting the field goal range. And Mark Caballi, you know, great Steelers beat reporter, tweeted before the game, I guess, that Matthew Wright was, like, making a 46-yarder on both sides or something saying, like, he couldn't make a 46-yarder or something. Kabali was tweeting before the game that basically saying that Wright was having some trouble hitting some forty-six yarders or something like that. Uh, sorry, I don't have the exact tweet. I couldn't find it, but that was essentially the gist. Matthew Wright tweeted him back after the game. I hit a fifty-three yarder on both sides before the game started, so he was ready. If he had to go in there and kick a fifty-three yarder, he was ready to do so. But uh, Jordan Berry, I'm not going to hold my breath, man. I mean, look, we have some love for the guy. He's been around. He's Australian. I'm not gonna hold my breath, but holy crap, he's been playing well since they cut him. Man, needed a little motivation, huh? And Ray Ray McLeod, if I've decided out of all the players we could lose next season, Hilton, Sutton, Juju, Connor, all these villain away with these great Steelers, none would make me more upset than losing Star Fox Ray Ray McLeod. I love Ray Ray McLeod. He's the man. He is so, like, you could see that man's heart. I think the the heart awards go to Hilton, Ben, Williams, and Star Fox. Because he was getting crushed. He was getting bent over backwards. And we joke now at this point, every time he goes out there, we're like, come on, you're our best hope for a touchdown right now. We have about the same odds of him scoring as the offense scoring. And he is fearless. And he was getting crunched between guys. And I I hope he's careful with that because we need him back there. But uh he hasn't played any offense recently. You might want to try him out somewhere. But, uh, yeah, anyways, the, the special teams have been nice. Great holding by Barry as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no stat on that.
0: Uh, you, can just, you can tell. You has got strong fingers.
1: So next week is the final game of the regular season where the Steelers travel to Baker Mayfield's house. Mm-hmm to play the 10-5 and Cleveland Browns, who, as Nick mentioned earlier, Ah, lost to the ah, Jets. ah,
0: ah, In effect... We didn't have any wide receivers. Shut up. Shut up.
1: What do you think the chances of the Steelers actually playing starters? Think they'll start the game and pull them? This
0: would have almost... I I thought this would have maybe even been interesting to lead the podcast with. It's such an interesting question. What do you do? Because on on one hand... This is a gift from God that the Steelers are locked into their playoff, well, more or less locked into their playoff spot, um, and they could finally get that bye, or sort of. I mean, unfortunately, you don't have 100 players on the team, so it's not like you can sit everybody. Guys are going to have to play. But the Steelers, whether people like it or not, that, the, the t- three games in 12 days tanked a lot of their season. Now, the Steelers have problems outside of uh, outside of that. I'm not saying that, that was only it, but I do think that that was a major factor, and you could remedy some of that by getting these guys some rest. Maybe Ben's aching knees need some rest. Cam Hayward, you know, Chris Sims said this today on Pro Football Talk Live. I mean, Hayward, Watt, and Tewitt don't come off the field. I mean, that is not a good recipe for a defensive line. You need to rotate guys, and you get scared about those guys' career lengths, especially Hayward and Tewitt, because it feels like we say that every year, right? Um... They could really use a break. Think of what a break could do for some of those guys, and particularly for Ben if those knees were an issue. But, man, he looked pretty healthy in that fourth quarter there. So I – what would you do? Sims actually made a suggestion to sit the defense and start the offense because I unfortunately think the offense needs to play because I think they've been so bad we can't just take one quarter of success – Take a week off and then go into the playoffs and think you're just going to rev the engine back up. So it, it makes me nervous. Although Tomlin traditionally will sit players and let Landry Jones go out there and beat the Browns in these situations. What what do you? What would you do?
1: Sit them. No question. No question. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of veterans take. need the time off, huh? Yeah. Risk, risk you got to take. take. A lot of veterans. You got obviously. You know. You could play all the receivers. The question is: Is Mason going to get the ball to them? But I would definitely be sitting players in this game. There's no fans. It's not like you've got to entertain. Any, well, you've got to entertain people on television, but you
0: got to entertain us. Home
1: field advantage. Home field advantage does not hold the weight that it did, does in a normal season. So
0: you're right, hundred percent. And uh, the the health of this team is so critical because they didn't get a bye this year. So bizarre. So it really could be semi like getting a first round bye, even after you sort of choked your way out of it.
1: So the question is Will Miles Garrett play and we will have a Mason Miles matchup? <laughs>
0: Amazing, right? Now, I listen, you know, I'll tell you guys when I have a bias. Maybe the reason why I want Ben Roethlisberger to play this week isn't just for Russ purposes. It, maybe it's just because I can't stand watching Mason Rudolph play football. But playing against uh, Miles Garrett? I think that's a that's a game everybody would sign up to see. <laughs> that's Miles Garrett's Kryptonite. We can knock him out for the playoffs. I mean all Mason's gotta do is shine that Rudy ruddy face in his, you know, in his grill and say, look at me, punch me, use my helmet, use my head as a punching bag. And we can just get another suspension for Garrett and not have to deal with him in the playoffs.
1: Hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go Steelers.
0: Okay, bye-bye.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences.
0: The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
1: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall.